Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 19 to the Dozen, or as I like to call it, the 1912 podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about immigration in particular and what it means to move to another country because I know I have a lot of friends myself who want to move to another country and there are a lot of nuances which come along with that. So, joined with me today is a very special guest. His name is Sachin Call. Sachin is an entrepreneur chef, automotive enthusiast, and a very close friend of mine. He has experience in working with some of the biggest names in hospitality to date. Uh, his knowledge in culinary arts and entrepreneurial skills have led him to open up one of the leading chains of restaurants in Mumbai. He now lives in Vancouver, Canada, where he intends on opening up a new restaurant here as well. Sachin joins us today uh, to discuss his motivations for coming to Canada as well, much like me. Uh, some of the challenges that, of course, come along with moving to another country, as well as his career, how his career has progressed in the years that he's been here. Ladies and gentlemen, Sachin Call. What's up, bro? Hey, bro. <laughs> nice to see you, man. Nice to see you. It's good to see you, man. It's good to talk to you after quite some time, actually. Yeah, we need to hang out more often. We need to hang out more. Yeah, often. we haven't actually sat down and had like a conversation. Like a proper this conversation. Yeah, we just hang yeah, out. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just do everything else apart from that. Yeah, I know. Really <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, dude. It's okay. I'll tell you what, I can edit out things. So it's fine. Oh yeah, that's the good part. Yeah, that's always a good that's always a good thing. Okay, so um I think I think for this particular episode we I mean you you really have an interesting background and stuff like that and both of us came to Canada under very different methods. You give me way more credit than I deserve, but thank you for those kind words. <laughs> I think you deserve it, dude. I mean, you're you're, you're quite <laughs> entrepreneurial in that regard, right? So I, I think it's worth I think it's worth mentioning that, and and you have your own dreams as well of wanting to start your own business over here in in Vancouver. Yeah, right? so that was that was kind of the leading point for me moving over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, the, I guess that's was that that was one of the reasons why you decided to move to the country, right? Yeah, that and there were so many other man like. I hate to say it, like I hate to be one of those Indian people or Indian men or humans or citizens or whatever you want to classify it as who move out of the country and sit somewhere else and then sit and sit and like um, bad mouth it or like sh- like put it down or like talk ill of the country. But it's just it was just a choice about a better standard of living and like having more opportunities and living a life where I feel you're respected as a human being, you know, you're not, you're not just like and one of the 1.3 billion that, that, that's there, you know, so like being here is, you feel like, yes, it's a life and I can do what I want and I can live my life the way I want to and I can, and I'm still respected and I'm uh, appreciated. I'm not expendable. Like in India, everyone is ex- expendable, man. Like you don't want to do the job for like this much money. Okay. I'll get someone else <laughs> who'll do it for cheaper than you're doing it. Yeah, you know, it's, so, I mean, the labor is the labor. There's, there's an abundance of labor, right, in India as compared to yeah, over here. That right? market is not the best market for someone who wants to grow and do something because you're just always expendable. Yeah, exactly. But one of the reasons why I decided to move here, much like you, is the opportunities. Like, I mean, you yeah. don't have to kick and claw your way through the hierarchy of, of people to get to where you yeah. need to be, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of. I don't know. I think I think for me, like it, it was it was mainly the opportunities that we had, that we have over here as compared as compared to back home, which is why I initially moved to the country itself. Yeah. 
and 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 love that love with like the standard of living and just what how much more you can do with your life man like i was wasting 6 hours a day just traveling yeah you know? and stuff like that like so so for the people hours. yeah so for the people who don't know for, who don't know sachin he's he's from mumbai much like me and mumbai is like a clusterfuck of a city <laughs> i mean it's a it's a concrete jungle yeah you know i mean i i get it yeah we we uh, so sachin and i also studied together so we used to see a lot of each other in in college and i and i can i i can second the fact that he would take like 3 hours a day to get to get get to one part of of town and yes, then 3 hours yeah. back home you know yeah. it's it was insane but yeah i mean yeah and i think the same thing was like when we go hiking like we can use that same time like we can go all over like the other day we went 110 kilometers in like one hour and yeah, we could exactly. still like spend like while i was hiking and we could still have time to come back home get beers get pizza and like relax you know exactly but if we were back home going to lunavla like the whole day is gone bro go to lunavla you chill there and you come back and you're stuck in traffic in pavai and this and that and that's it that's the end of it you're tired mm-hmm. by then you get back but anyways yeah i mean uh, at least at, at least for me the quality of life in canada um and this can you can say this for most westernized countries uh is that yeah. the quality of life is really good um the kind of ease of access you have to different services and stuff is actually is really good as well so it it's common knowledge right that canada being like a western nation and stuff has really good healthcare has really has a very good yeah. social system uh, has a very good uh, work environment as well so yeah those those are one of the reasons why i moved as well to to canada i mean o- overall just better way of life really um you know it's not to say that they weren't any challenges when we initially moved here at least for me like i i had a lot of <laughs> yeah that's so far from true man like challenges that we faced together and collectively and individually are like were things that i didn't even think about you know because back home like certain things are just for granted like you have a place to live you you know that no matter what you're still going to like you don't have to pay for rent and stuff like that you don't have to pay for your, your basic expenses to be met like you know so there's so many things back home that really help us uh do what we want but then so those challenges i never thought of you know like when i moved here initially i didn't i wasn't used to like having to pay rent and like having to pay for my food and having to pay for stuff like that you know i was living in my family it was a different thing and and that's one of the things that when you come to canada or to a western country you know like the united states even um it's it's the fact that you don't have family over here um yeah. you, when, you know and it's it does get very lonely at times the just the way of life it can get it definitely can get lonely i i and you know that yeah yeah exactly right i mean we've like you and i were friends in ihm but not to the degree which we are right now right <laughs> you saying your friends with me now cuz you're lonely and you have no one no else. bro <laughs> no <laughs> well no i mean but i'll tell you what like the fact that i have you in in the city and i can i can just call you and we can go hang and stuff it's it's nice you know i mean usually like i have friends i have friends over here who are from vancouver or born in canada and stuff so not that they are bad people or anything but i guess the culture which they grew up in was very different so if i have to make plans with someone like i'd have to give them like a weeks notice 
you know, a two weeks yeah, notice yeah. or something, you know, yeah. like saying, okay, we'll give, we'll meet at this time on this particular date. But then, you know, then I yeah. come, when, when you and I hang out, you'll just call me and be like, hey, let's let's hang for a bit, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. cool, you know, and then you'll come downstairs, we'll hang and stuff, and then we'll leave, whatever, you know, we'll do our thing. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think that's pretty cool, you know, but like from, at least from what yeah. I, so, so you came as a permanent resident to Canada, right? You, you started no, off. No, actually, I didn't. I actually, no, I actually came here on a work permit. Which, oh yeah, you got your permanent residency shortly after you got your work permit, I believe, right? Yeah, like I, I came here on a work permit and then um, as I, since I was working, then I could apply, I could sponsor myself or I could rather apply for a PR, which is a permanent residency card. Yeah. And I applied for that. It took me um, close to 18 months, like the whole process, like getting all the documents. I had to get all my certificates recertified from India. Because original certificates don't mean, like, you know, back at home, like, if you get, like, original certificates, that's, like, the shit, right? But yeah, over yeah. here, you have to get tested original certificates because they know that for it has Indians to be attested. getting... Yeah. Yeah, it has to be reattested by your original university or your original college or whatever or your institution because they know that if you have to get an original certificate, you can get it, man. Like, anyone, like, the Jugaan yeah. team. <laughs> it's It's super easy. <laughs> So the Canadians have learned it the hard way and now they like they want to be super careful about the documents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had to go through a whole bunch of things to get my documents in place and um, anyways. Yeah, so I applied for my PR and then yeah, like within two years I got my no sorry, eighteen months I got my PR card. That that is pretty cool. I came here as a student. Um yeah. so I came in two thousand and fourteen as a student. And uh, I went to a university which is extraordinarily diverse in terms of its student population. Uh, when I say diverse, I mean like we had maybe less than 10% of our class being homegrown Canadians. Like the rest were all international. It is so strange. Like when you come here to study, that's like yeah. the last thing you would expect that you wouldn't be studying with Canadian students. Exactly right. So I I came and I studied with and like there were people from all over. There were people from Nigeria, from Kenya, from India. India was a large majority, of course. Um, there were people oh, yeah. from from Russia, from Germany, from like countries I had never heard of even. But it was really cool, you know. And the thing, but the thing is, right. So when you there was a study which was done. I forget by I forget by who or which entity it was. But they said close to eighty-five percent of students who come to Canada are lonely, or you know, or, or sort of classify themselves as lonely. Um, yeah, I it's just that I guess people find it a little hard to uh, integrate with the culture, especially when you come from an eastern part of the world it, where the culture is. Yeah, it's really it's it's not it's not exactly a one is to one ratio, right? Like the the cultures are so drastically different on yeah. both ends. And so and honestly, with all with all with all fairness, like whatever exposure we back in Bombay have of of America or North America or Canada, it is only through like the movies or the serials or if we travel here, like you know, we have friends who come here on vacation and stuff like that. But that's like yeah. the only exposure that we have to the culture of this place. And you come here thinking that okay, maybe it's something like what I know. Like I've been, I've been watching American or like or watching Hollywood and like watching American TV series for like so many years back at home. And so have you, I'm sure. Like 
almost yeah. everyone in bombay does that right like everyone from our generation at least so you mm-hmm. kind of think that okay yeah, i kind of have the culture figured out like i kind of know what these people are or who they are or what the whole scenario is you know but when mm-hmm. you come here to come different thing man like it's so difficult to understand their perspective and kind of get where they are yeah. from I, just, i know what you mean i i know what you mean like it, it was very like, it was very <laughs> odd for me yeah it is like you don't you don't just click or you don't just gel you know like the people yeah. i gel and click with most are immigrants because immigrants have the same kind of journey as me a lot of times you know coming from different countries and then moving over here and stuff so you kind of like your your journey kind of changes you as a person and kind of molds your life right so you have more uh common interests and topics and stuff like that that's oh yeah thing. yeah totally i mean it's not that the canadians are bad people or anything like i think they're really nice people and the stereotypes the stereotypes are obviously all true what's that yeah no they're, they're the sweetest i have become a better person after coming here because it's actually fun to yeah like i mean it's a story and talking to myself sometimes <laughs> yeah you say sorry i say sorry a lot like yeah, i walk in front of someone i'll be like oh sorry and i'll be like why am i saying yeah. sorry to this guy <laughs> <laughs> i know right like back at home like it'll be like you walk into someone they'll be like dikhta nahi kya and you'll be like ah dekho dikhta nahi kya and it's just like walk off and that's the end of it you know but yeah, you're you just like you're super polite and then they'll be like no i'm sorry but it's just yeah it's I, i mean it's it, it was it was very it was very weird for me at first when i when i landed over here and i saw the way people interacted with each other like i mean when you get off the bus for example you thank the bus driver um which yeah. I, which i found really which i found really funny for some reason i mean like you don't really thank the bus driver in india right when you get off yeah or you don't I thank mean, the conductor i think all of these are nice like we should have been doing that like we should yeah. be doing those things i feel i don't i don't find it weird like i kind of saw it as an opportunity to grow as a person like mm-hmm. honestly like without without tooting my own horn but that's what i felt like when i when i experienced the same things you experienced the first time i came here like how just generally how kind and considerate and just more uh, situationally aware people are over here you know like people actually mm-hmm. see you they don't see to you always like yeah. how we are used to it you know so yeah, i think i, I think I think one of the one of the nuances that that Canada has is that most people view the other person as being on the same level as they are or the yeah. same wavelength yeah. you know yeah, so classism yeah exactly i mean you do see certain elements of you know classism and stuff and you especially when people are when you know if let's say someone homeless walks into a uh, walks into a bank for example right i mean there are there are elements like that but at the yeah. same time for the most part i would say people have a genuine really generally yeah on a very level playing field with each other on the same level yeah exactly which is which is why you know sometimes i see this this racism stuff come up and stuff and i i don't think it's it's as um negative as the media tends to portray it and stuff over here i mean sure i'm not saying that there isn't any racism Yeah nothing is ever as what the media portrays it to be because it 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 that's how the media is right they'll always like over exaggerate the things and they'll never yeah. be sure for what because they got yeah. to make their money somewhere Yeah I mean there there's that but I mean for the most part you're treated like an equal which is really nice yeah. There's, there's um, dignity of labor you know I think that's exactly. what I realized 
when i started working because the restaurant industry is very labor intensive you know mm-hmm. and there's dignity of labor like from from the person who's washing your dishes to the person who's the executive chef of the kitchen or the general manager of the of the institution like okay fine they might be at different hierarchies like in the hierarchy system they might be at different places but then when they talk to each other or when they address each other they're all on the same level it's not like a you know a chotu ye karke leke aao or you know whatever like everyone there's a certain amount of respect that everyone uh, follows irrespective mm-hmm. of who they are or and that's mm-hmm. that's really amazing actually yeah Yeah, I think I think that is right the fact that everyone is treated exactly the same. I mean, the workplace over here and the the environment that we have in the workplace is so much less toxic I think than what I've the workplace I had at least in India. Now I haven't had Yeah, there's less competition. There's less competition yeah, 100%. Like not, yeah, like you don't have to feel competitive that oh fuck like if I don't do my job like this other guy who's probably like doing it for lesser is going to take my job away or something like that you know like those those situations those unique things that we had back at home don't exist over here so it just becomes a more cohabitative and much more comfortable work environment mhm i i th- i think that's that that is definitely true um you know now that we are on the the subject of like being in the workplace and stuff like that um one of the things that i that i found in the workplace over here is the is the way they give feedback to you um in india um if you were doing a shitty job you know you're doing a shitty job <laughs> because everyone will know will tell you you're doing a shitty job and they won't they won't they won't mash words and mash words and stuff and and tell you they'll they'll tell you straight up you know you're doing a fuck all job like you can you can you can think about it the way you want to think about it but they won't care about how you how expressively you feel you feel yeah 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 but over here um you know this can be this can be a double edged sword they are very they're very easy going when it comes to feedback like they'll give you feedback and stuff and they'll they may let let slide something in there that you can improve upon yeah. but it's never really yeah. it's never it's never really in your face, in your face yeah. Yeah. exactly so um a lot of times i find myself cross questioning the feedback that i receive because they'll say oh you did a fantastic job and, and you know amazing well done and you know you deserve the recognition that you've got and they they'll, they'll throw all these niceties at you and stuff which which is fine but sometimes i get super confused as to because i know for a fact that the job i've particularly done is not the full 100% i've not done it to the full 100% of my capabilities so mm-hmm. now i'm to me at least the way i see it is that maybe you know are they just trying to be polite with me and tell me that you know okay you know you've done a you've done a good yeah. job and stuff but i know for a fact that i could have done a better job right so in 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 receiving feedback which which can be at times negative or construed as negative um i think is a good thing which is something i feel that the workplace over here is lacking no that's no i yeah i definitely agree with you and uh, you definitely put some very good points across and i i coming back to what i was saying earlier like just when i was talking to you about this earlier we were talking about how people respect each other more over here and everyone's yeah. on the same page so mm-hmm. it's um, like i'll give you an example like people who like I, i hadn't seen this before i came here okay so imagine if i when i was working at the taj right so now i'm cooking in the kitchen and whatever but i could never mm-hmm. really afford to like after my shift go out and like sit in the restaurant and like have a beer and eat food you know 
because yeah. because you just don't because that's just the disparity of like of your of your income and that's just an mm-hmm. inequal distribution of wealth and how it is in India, you know. So it's 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 just so strange. Like over here when I was working at even if I was working in upscale dining restaurants over here, like the cooks and the servers and stuff once they're done, like they'll just like go around and they'll change and they come and sit at the bar and they'll order food and they leave it over there. They get a discount, yes, of course, but that's not it's not a major discount over here, but. Not irrespective of the discount or not, people. Yeah, and and the thing is that everyone is on the same page, man. Because uh, if you're working there, or if you're a, or if you're a customer, like you're still the same person, or you're still um, looked at the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, can I? Am I yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a level playing field for everyone, right? Yeah, you can afford it. Like you know, back at home, if you work in a really expensive restaurant as a cook or as a server or whatever, like. The people who come there are richer than you, so you um, just just feel like indebted, or you just feel lower, mm-hmm. like oh yes, sir, uh, thank you, mm-hmm. and this and that. Like you feel too mm-hmm. naturally indebted. Yeah, I th- and I think that's one thing as well. That's that that's different over here, which I really like, is the fact that if I'm ref- talking to my boss, I don't have to refer to them as sir. Yeah, like, you can just call them I by can, their name. You know, I can call them by their first by, like, name. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you can still respect them without having yeah. to like address them with these names. But you can still respect them as whatever. Like you talk mm-hmm. to them in a in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you have to feel like you're lower than them. You know, like in India, like you have to feel lower, or they or your bosses they make or you the feel lower. Have, you feel like you know, like you are lower than them, and mm-hmm. that's that's pretty, and I never realized it because I was back at home. I never saw it yeah. back at home because that's just the way things were. But then, when I came here, I saw a stark difference in the cultures, work cultures especially, mm-hmm. which was which just blew my mind. You know, I was just like, you know what? Even if I have to, like, even if I'm not making as much money as I was making back home, I'm not going back home. You know? Like, life may mm-hmm. be more difficult over mm-hmm. here. I got to do everything myself. Like, I got to start from scratch. Literally, I started from mm-hmm. the bottom. It sounds like Drake, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did, you know. So, but I would I would still not everyone I would still starts not at the bottom. Anything. Like yeah, when you come all of over us. here, though. Yeah, all of us start yeah. at the bottom. I mean, yeah. regardless of, of which. I still feel good doing my job. Like that dignity of labor piece that I was talking about. Like you really feel it. Like in the start, I wasn't working in the best of restaurants. And I wasn't doing when I when I initially moved here. I wasn't doing the best of jobs. I was at a very low level job because I was yeah. just starting out and I didn't know to make my network and get mm-hmm. to know people and stuff. You know, so but I never I was never made to feel like I was doing some really demeaning or shitty jobs. You know, like I was still working. I used to be working in a dish sometimes, or I would be sweeping the kitchen and stuff like that. Which back at home is done by like uh, the the kitchen storing department and stuff like that. You know, like we never have to like sweep kitchens and do dishes and stuff. Right. When you're working in kitchens, you have a different department of people who are employed to do mm-hmm. all that. But over here, it's all the You're cooking. You're also doing the dishes. You're also sweeping the cooler. You're doing everything at the same time. You know, like, mm-hmm. as in you're doing everything in the same shift rather. Mm-hmm. But you never like you never feel that oh shit, yar, I'm what doing here? I'm throwing water. Why am I throwing water? You don't feel that way, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm India. I'm India. I'm in Taj. I worked in the Taj, and I did this, and I did that, and over here, like I'm washing dishes. You don't feel that because you just you're made to feel like you're doing your job, and there's dignity uh, in what you're doing. With that. Yeah, in exactly. what you're doing, and that really helps. And some of the jobs which we, which which we would have traditionally considered to be lower class jobs, like for example, being a plumber or electrician or a sewage guy, or I was a plumber, man. I'm not even kidding, dude. Or really? if I was a carpenter over here, 
<laughs> I mean, they, they, dude, oh, see, yeah, you, you would make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. But also see, the thing is that being a chef and being a carpenter or being a plumber is on the same level of it. You still mm-hmm. have to go to school for it. You still have to be certified. You, you get a red seal stamp, which is like the... It's highly regulated, the, the, basically. Regulated, yeah. And so you, yeah, yeah. it is a trade school, basically, right? Being, either being a chef or being a carpenter or being a landscaper or working in um, HVAC, like in heating and ventilation and stuff. It's all trade skills. So it's it's all looked at in the same way. But like what I was telling you, like back in India, it's different, right? It's not looked... Like a plumber in India is not looked at the same way as a chef is. Yeah. Or... As, uh, as or as maybe a bank associate is, you know, but it's the it's all the same thing over here. Like people who are working as plumbers or people who are working as carpenters or as landscapers are still making a good amount of money because they've gone to school for that. They've trained, they've got certifications, they've given exams. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a different ballgame. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think I think um, at least from at least over here, what I see about uh, from the from the people. Uh, from the jobs which they work and stuff is that i mean like we keep saying this but everyone's on a level playing field if you're a plumber if you're an electrician if you're i don't know someone who cleans up the sewage in the city chances are you're gonna you're gonna get paid a lot more than like someone who's working in business yeah. well, they definitely are some of them are making more money than i am so yeah exactly right i mean and it's not exactly a, a very you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to be a plumber but at the same time yeah. the kind of tech the the, the um how should i say technical knowledge the, the technical knowledge, yeah, the technical knowledge which you get from 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 studying, you know, all of this, like being an electrician or plumber, or whatever, yeah. is it's a highly regulated environment because there are a lot of you know compliance yeah. and safety laws which are in place in this country, which is why it is. You know, yeah, so it's a, it's a whole different world, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the the fact of the matter is that people don't discriminate against you based on the job which you're doing. Yeah. Um, which I find to be that makes a big difference. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because you don't feel like you don't feel like you're not capable enough, or like you know, it these things kind of like subconsciously make a difference in your mind. You don't notice it happening, but they subconsciously make a difference, and you subconsciously start thinking lesser of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in in environments like that, but at a place where everyone is equal and everyone is treated equally and everyone is respected equally. You don't, you don't feel that. You don't feel like you cannot achieve what you want or you don't deserve to be at a certain place or that you don't have the skills or the knowledge to be at a certain place, you know, because you don't, you're not made to feel that way subconsciously or unintentionally. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, just the kind of money which you make makes you, makes you able to afford certain luxuries as, as such. You know, and it, yeah. I guess that, that in itself is a good motivating factor to not make you feel yeah. less of a person, really. Yeah, you know, but, because you can do the same standard of living that everyone else is living. Exactly. So and, and in cases you're, you're, you're making even better than someone who's working in business, right? Or as a financial yeah. advisor or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. which is really interesting for me. I, like, I've never seen that, that, that happen before, you know, but what, what really got me about this country was the fact that there's that dignity of labor as you, as you write for yeah. the set of um, Yeah, like one example on that piece you just said, sorry to cut you short, but like a lot of students who passed out with us from IHM, they passed off from IHM, they got the BSc degree and then they went and studied, they went and did MBAs or PGDM or whatever so that they can get higher packages or higher salary packages. But 
vice versa to displace to you know, being in Canada. Like if you are a college pastor or a graduate, you can still make a same amount of money. Like you don't have to like study more or like get an MBA to make more money because over here, people who don't even have MBAs have made more money than what MBAs do. It's really, it's really weird, honestly, because so look, I, I did an MBA from, uh, from a smaller university on the island, on Vancouver Island. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that you can still, with an MBA, uh, there are a lot of people who have done astonishingly well, and there are people, there are people who've not done so well, and which is really, which I found particularly interesting. So, in in Canada, unlike in India, they they don't just look at the educational qualifications of a person, rather they look at a mixture of both the educational qualifications as well as work experience. So, for example, like if you. Those matter a lot. Yeah, of course, your interpersonal skills as well. A lot of a lot of jobs you get through networking. Yeah, yeah, like you know, if you can really lead a team or not, or like if you can be at a position where you can get work done. You know, like I could have the best the best kind of knowledge. I could have gone to Lekhon or Blow or whatever, but if I'm a shitty leader in the kitchen, it's not going to amount to anything. I'm not I'm not going to just get a job because I have certification from Lekhon Blow or LCB. But I get a certain position or a certain amount of job because I can do the work that those uh, that those positions require. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just about what you are on the floor; it's who you are as a person and what you are as on the floor. Yeah, it's your interpersonal skills, which 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 matter yeah. a lot as well. Um, so one thing which actually it's very good that he brought this up is that networking plays a huge role in in the kind of job that you get or the jobs that you can get. So yeah. <clears throat> in yep. India, we have we have uh, Nokri.com. There's I don't know what other job websites I can't remember. Monster.com. Yeah, I Monster think. Job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, something like that. You know. Um, yeah. But uh, when so when I had my resume on those websites when I was in India, I kid you not, I used to get calls like for 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 jobs at least once a week, at least once a week, and then they were decent jobs as well. Um, yeah. because I, I was working with Taj at the time. Um, and it was, and working with the Taj, you have that brand name behind you and stuff like that. So I get yeah. jobs and a whole bunch. Um, and there was no need for networking essentially, but when you come over here and you find out that, you know, only 3% of resumes that are placed online that are sent in online actually get selected for the role. You're like, holy shit, you know, like. I need to change my game. So that's where the networking component comes in, you know, and in Canada, there are a lot of these things which we call networking events. Um, I had to do this a lot being an MBA student. So, you know, all of my jobs that I've had so far in Canada have all been through networking. Like I have never, well, there was one job one one really, one really shitty job that I had selling. Something something with like, I remember. When I met you, when I just come and you were no, 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 no. It wasn't. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't that job. That was. That was. That was also through networking. I didn't like that job for a different for a different set of reasons, but um, yeah, there was only one job which I I think it was like I was doing sales of a newspaper or magazine or something like that, just to earn some yeah. part time money, really. Um, yeah. But everything else, like if you want like a proper steady full time job, you need to network with people. You need to know people. Uh, you need to sort of get out there and put yourself out there. And I found it, and I found it a bit difficult for myself because I'm generally an introvert. I 
I don't like yeah. going and mixing around in networking events. Personally, yeah. I don't like networking events. I think that they're really, um, what should I say, fake. Um, because yeah, you have the whole small culture that they have over here, right? Like you just gotta yes. like and yeah, I don't get it. Either. Like, yeah, like you have nothing in common with the person in front of you. Like, uh, what? How do you make conversation? Like, I can't do that. Like, uh, unless I, uh, if I start doing that, I'll just come across like super creepy and weird. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, no, I, I mean, I know what that. you mean. I know what you mean because it's very hard. So. So how networking events work right over here is that you actually, there's a room full of people. Um, it's yeah. a mixture of people who are looking for jobs and a mixture of employers. Usually you have a name badge, which denotes whether you're an employer or whether you're someone who's looking for a job. So it's, it could be denoted yeah. by color or whatever. And you know, you, you go up to the person and you, you shake the hand. Well, or you used to shake the hand. You can't shake the hand now anymore, but you know, you go and you, you give them your, you give them your business card. Um, and yeah. you give them this thing called an elevator pitch, which is like a 30 second speech about yourself, about how good you are, the job and your experience and stuff. Yeah. And whether, you know, and based on how you sell yourself is whether or not they would show interest in you, which I found, I don't know, I find it really fake, you know, so there were a lot of times when I would, when I would baseless, you, know, like you, could, you could be like an amazing person at conversation, but then when it comes to the second points, when they realize, like when, when, when the when the whole conversation goes forward or like into the interview process or the recruitment process and they realize that the person is shit, then what? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really how you sell yourself. So that's the, that's one thing I found out about the culture over here is exactly, it's, it's not really so much as the final product as to, as opposed to the packaging, what you are, the packaging that of what you're selling. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's not just yeah. the product itself. It's around it. Yeah. Exactly. So when I initially started the networking, like I was horrible at it. Dude. Like, I mean, it's a, Understand you know, I, I don't yeah. even blame you for that. I know the culture we are from and I know the, just the different, the competition in life is different over there. Yeah. Like, you know, the fights of life that we have back at home mm -hmm. is like getting onto a train in one piece and getting off it in one piece. You know, like you, you don't have time to like <laughs> think about things to do to like, or change or evolve or grow as a person. So much that you can do over here. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Battles in life are different over there. And when you come here, it's just like a different life. Altogether. It's a different culture. It is. And I think that's what a lot of people coming from abroad struggle with. Um, which is yeah. why you see pockets of certain cultures living in certain parts of the city. Um, because it, because I mean, people find it hard to to integrate over here, especially because of how different the lifestyle is as compared to, to back East. Is, uh, yeah. You know, you see, yeah, that, and I, the I, is very much for some people, like for some people, I don't, I don't completely understand why, because, like, because I'm sure when both of us moved here, we had the options of living in those pockets where it's like only Indian people and the stores are Indian, the store yeah. teams are Indian. It is like, it's India, man, but just cleaner and more mm -hmm. organized, you know, mm -hmm. but, but I kind of chose not to be in those environments because I wanted to be, uh, I, I moved to Canada to learn and grow and become a certain kind of person. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I stayed in the same community. Or if I stayed exactly, in Exactly, right. Because your mindset, it's not, I don't, more than, more than uh, geolocationally where you're living and what you're doing, it's about your mindset getting blocked off. Like mm -hmm. if you just hang around with the same kind of people and do the same kind of things that you did back home, 
I don't think you're going to be inviting or open enough to more of what that area or the province or the country or the people have to offer. Mm-hmm. I I think yeah, hundred percent, dude. You're completely right. I mean, it 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 is comfortable to hang out with people who you are familiar with, who have the same, who have a similar culture to you. I mean, I may look yeah. white, but like I'm brown <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> like I'm totally brown on the inside. I'm like a reverse co- coconut. You you being Indian is a whole new topic. Like <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's a, yeah, that's that's an entirely different story altogether. But I mean, at the same time, I I do see why 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 certain people, a certain cultures of people decide to live together because it's it's very different, right, over here. I mean, it's not. So India and a lot of the Eastern cultures have a very family-oriented sort of, well, for lack of a better word, culture. Nuclear family culture, yeah. Exactly, and it's not that way over here. You see, the kids move out of the out of their homes when they're eighteen, twenty, twenty-one. Yeah. Even, right? even and, younger, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's not it, that's not commonplace in India. Uh, that's Definitely not at not. all. Yeah, that's you not at all. Yeah, you exactly. say you want to move, <laughs> and what are you going to do, man? Like no one employs anyone because you have no education yet, or whatever. Yeah. Like you don't get part-time jobs. That whole culture of like studying and working is not there. You either study or you work. You can't do both together. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 a big difference to what yeah. is what it's like over here. I mean, the fact yeah. that you can work and study and make your own money and sort of set up on your own, I think that gives yeah. you a sense of pride and accomplishment in itself. Which it, is, yeah, it makes, you, it makes you mature so much faster, right? Because you start fighting the battles of life much younger, and then so by the time you're at, at the age like 22 or 25 or whatever, when you have to you actually have jump that much into more the, experience. Yeah, you you already you already got those things under your belt. You've already done those things. I remember when we just came out of like IHM, we were like 24 or 25. I was like a freshly boiled egg, dude. I didn't know shit. <laughs> you know, like we just lost into fucking Taj, like yo, go do your shit, and we got banged from every fucking corner, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know how it was in Taj. Yeah, dude, Taj was was brutal. It was absolutely ruthless. We were all from college, and you know, like home and stuff like that, and it was just like the whole shielded environment that most people have, you know. But then, then you were just tossed into the workplace. <laughs> yeah, and it's like here you go. <laughs> <laughs> This is life. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what that's what Taj was. Yeah, over here, like the students who are like 16 and 17 and they're still working, you know, so they're already like, I think they get a very good opportunity to already build those, make their mistakes and learn and they can try different jobs. Like I think almost every industry over here, unless it's very technical, like whatever, like, I don't know, like building cars or building rockets and building airplanes and stuff like that. But every basic industry, like, you know, like when it comes to uh, business or when it comes to restaurants or when it comes to banks and stuff like that, they all employ teenagers as on a part-time basis or on a full-time basis or whatever, giving their availability. And then I guess people get the opportunity to like, to try out different, uh, different sectors or try out different industries or try out different jobs. And you can really, by the time you're 22 or 23, you kind of have a clearer picture of who you really want to be what you want to do. You know, by the time I realized how hard uh, the hotel industry is, it was too late for me to join or to leave my leave what I've been doing, you know, because I already spent time with, with college. And it's then never I too late, bro. 
I know it's never too late. I'm not saying I want to go back now, but I'm just saying I wish I had the opportunity of trying out more things. I definitely yeah. enjoy what I do, but it's not it's not the best thing. You know, like there's there's other things that I could have done. Yeah, it's something I I it's about finding your passion and certain certain things that you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, I I know for a fact that you love what you do. I mean, the fact that you want to open up your own business and stuff like, you know, your own restaurant with its own concept and stuff. I mean, it goes to show, right? I mean, I've eaten your food. You you make really fucking awesome food. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's so there's that. You know, but I I like the fact that when you know, when you're working over here, you have this this support system. You know, um, it may not be from family because, well, I don't have any family. I have Nikki over here and that's about it. And I have you guys. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're not an entrepreneur and you're working for an employer, like they're not just going to simply fire you for a, a small error that you've done. That doesn't usually happen. That's not to, that's not to say that that, that that happens in India as well. But um, when you're when you're working for an employer and you make a certain amount of mistakes, you make a certain mistake, at least for me, this is my own personal experience, is that I don't get chewed out as badly. I get shown yeah. like, you know, they, they they point me and they're like, this is the mistake you made. What can be done better? And then you can then you can sort of formulate your own reasoning and yeah. stuff for that, and that's fine. Yeah. But um geez, the lights just change. <laughs> <laughs> What was I saying? I completely forget. Yeah, the fee- the feedback thing, right? So like they'll 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 give you the feedback. Well, a lot of times you have to ask them. You have you have to ask them about ask them for, you, you know to feedback. They won't they won't directly tell you. You know, like yeah. if I've done something wrong, like I've not been chewed out so badly. In in Taj, dude, if I if I fucked up, if I got like a a GSTS with a less than three. Oh, dude! Like it was, it was. Yeah, you you yeah. know that some of the shit I went through when I was in Taj. It was just like yeah, yeah. Like it was uncalled for firstly, and then secondly, it was just like I was just like, come on, man! Like give the guy a fucking break sometimes, you know. But yeah, it's different. It's definitely like over I here. I feel, I feel over here, everyone's got equal equal opportunities, all right. And then what you do with that is entirely on you. And that's what most employers focus on. That's what I've learned, at least in my time in the restaurant industry over here, which is just a little bit over four years now. And um, it's like they'll give you all the opportunities, the the open canvas, the space to do whatever you want. And, and, and to everyone else also who's working with you. And then what you do with that is entirely upon you. And then how you want to grow and how much you want to take that is entirely upon you. There's no like they don't set up they don't set a power for you that you have to be here. They be like this is what it is and you do what you want to do with it and you be who you want to be. And everyone's okay. Like I might be overachieving, whereas someone who's working with me may not be or they might not be not overachieving. Sorry, I meant over ambitious. Like I want to do like I work with people who've been working in the same position, the same place for the last 17 years. And it's not because they're not good enough to grow or that or that they not they don't have any more ambitions. But it's because they're happy to go. They're, yeah, they're happy with where they are, and they are they're content. They they have they have a certain amount of expenditure. They have a certain amount of income. They do what they want. They live their life, and they're happy. And there's no one telling them, "Are you Like you know, you've been doing this for so long. Why don't you move ahead? Why don't you look like?" There's no wife nagging them. Oh, when did we, 
look at the neighbor he's got a bigger <laughs> house he's got a bigger car and we going to buy a bigger car and a bigger house all that fucking nonsense is not there you know like and it took me a while to understand that when i came here initially i would i, I would be shocked when i would hear that people are working in the same job the same place for like 20 years and they're completely happy with it like mm-hmm. happy man like in fucking wonderland like they're happy with the job they know all the people they work like a family and then later on as time went by and i started working with those people more and more i started understanding their culture and it's just that they were they they are happy man they have all their needs met and that's all that matters i think it's 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 a non judgmental society that we are part of over here is i mean yeah. i'm sure people are judgmental but even if they are judgmental it's it's internal they don't really express yeah, judgment you can you can do whatever you want and no one's like they might judge you but they won't let that come in the way of uh, how they are with you you know like they'll yeah. still be like tomorrow if you decide that you don't want to do anything and you just want to do a certain job that you're doing and do that for the rest of your life it'll be like fine man and they'll still be they'll still be your friend and they'll still be the same way they are with you they won't start thinking oh this guy's a loser and he doesn't <laughs> want to do anything in life and like like you know slowly like they start ignoring you and erase you from their friends you know like they won't do that you know so they might judge you but they won't let it come in the way of your relationship with them yeah and it it they won't i i think there's a lot of so you know over here right if you're in the workplace one of the big nonos or rather one of the things which which we should be very cognizant of is the fact that if you use a language which is considered inappropriate yeah then you'd be in serious trouble okay, so sir. um unlike in india where i used to be i used to be given called all the f's and the b's and the c's and yeah. stuff you don't hear that over here like i mean for example if my if my boss called me and called me a fucker or whatever i could take him to he's hr gone. and he could he's gone he's yeah you'll be his boss when he leaves yeah me, like, <laughs> exactly you think you want to call you a fucker because then you can be their boss after literally like, their lives are over yeah like that that shit just doesn't fly over here you know i mean so i think that that's also i mean it's I understand that 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 is good because it's very demotivating to be con- consistently sworn at. Um I used to be consistently sworn at by my boss when I was at Taj but he was an asshole completely. Thankfully he doesn't watch this show. I don't have him on <laughs> on social media or anything like that. He's he's, he's probably not going to lay and listen to this but whatever. You know like he's I I really hated the guy because he used to like it wasn't just me he would do it to but he would do it to the rest of my staff as well like i have stories of this guy and this the stuff that he would accuse us of doing uh yeah. because i mean in all fairness to him the gm the general manager used to like used to like whoop him completely like you know every day yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so he would have he would take those frustrations out on the staff so it was sort of like a domino effect really but at yeah. the same time like when you're working in an environment of fear like that where you know you fear the fact that this this guy is going to come to you and say something to you or send you home for the day or whatever maybe even fire you i think that that plays in your mind and it doesn't make for a very healthy work environment right yeah, it does then you would just start feeling inferior and you kind of that whole keeping your head down attitude you know like you cannot you can't fully be the person you are because you're always scared yeah. that you're going to be rejected or you're going to be Judge. told that no you're not yeah. yeah yeah and it's that and that's not the case over here like i mean 
they what i like about the about the people over here is the fact that um they let you do your thing you know so at at my current job i uh do a lot of things outside of the norm uh i i work in i work in finance and you know and, and in finance a lot of cookie cutter approaches to certain methods of doing certain things but yeah i always try and find other workarounds towards it more efficient ways to do it and they let me do it you know which is which i think is awesome they're not all that like rigid and by the book they are in certain aspects of course because of compliance purposes and they're working in finance and stuff yeah yeah but yeah. you know at the same time you know if they see value in what i'm doing like i will i will always be very upfront and i'm okay yeah. this is what i think should happen this is the way it's happening right now i'm going to be doing this yeah. x y and z let's see how it goes and they let me do it you know and they they let me yeah. make mistakes yeah. along the way yeah and and i think that's really cool you know I, and but again circling back to what i said earlier you know the fact that they let me do this um you know without certain without uh what's the word that i'm looking for they give you constructive feedback but the constructive feedback is very few and far between i feel which is what is what i was talking about earlier when it came to the entire feedback process you know so at times yeah, you don't know if you're doing you don't know what you're doing you don't know if you're doing think, something think, right or wrong yeah a lot of times i think they are uh, they're worried that they might hurt someone's feelings also that that mm. is very important over you know so they feel that if they if they give too much feedback then the person might get offended also and be like you know like like who do you think you are you know like for us is different we want it a lot of other people over here and a lot of people who are our fellow citizens in this country are are not don't think the same way man like if they get too much instructions or if they get too much feedback or too much just advice yeah in, that's in true general, i never actually thought about that they think it personally man like they get offended that oh you think i don't know how to do my job or you know whatever so they got they got to find a a level playing field right or they got to like find a balance find a balance so yeah so i guess a lot of our employers or our seniors or our higher ups in the hierarchy don't openly do that or don't like are not so forthcoming with the feedback because they don't know how you're going to take it but mm-hmm. i guess what we, i used to have this exact same uh, concern you know like i would be like you know i need i need the feedback because i need to know if i'm meeting the expectations that they want or if i'm on the right track along with them are we on the same page you know all those things matter because when you're working in a small team you need to know that you need to know what's happening in the in the other person's mind and you need to work in conjunction so and that really relies completely on communication and a lot of times i would not get that from my team members because they didn't know if i would take it positively or if i needed my time or you know if they just they wanted to space it out but i would tell them that no like if you want me to do something differently tell me right then and right there i'm not going to take it in a wrong way because we're working together and if something is not on course you have to correct yeah so exactly i think you need to yeah i think you need to address your seniors and just tell them that you know i really need the feedback more often because mm-hmm. i feel they are they're scared man because a lot of people get offended and I've yeah yeah and it this the topic of people are extremely sensitive about certain issues over here you know and yeah. um i've witnessed it myself in in my workplace in my current as well as in in my previous workplace as well that people people yeah. get offended over things which under normal circumstances i wouldn't have taken offense over i'm not someone yeah, who gets very easily 
No, but What's that's that? exactly what Filipino yeah. problems are. Like back yeah. at home or like <laughs> time for all that bullshit. We don't have time. We don't have time. Ke yar, isko aisa bol diya or like I said something a certain way and it, he if he felt bad or did not feel bad. Who has the time for all that shit, man? Back back at home, we don't because we're so focused on getting the job done and we're so focused in that race and doing everything that we we somehow have become much more hardened as people. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't take offense to so many things because. we just mentally don't have a time to care about those things anymore if there's so one there's thing i appreciate if there's one thing i appreciate about india is the fact that it taught me how to hustle yeah, um definitely no matter something. what the shit goes on the show goes on you know no matter what yeah exactly you know i mean like come hello high water like you would put in that extra that extra effort to yeah, to do exactly. your job yeah you know, i mean that, that actually gives us some, that actually gives us a one up over here i'm sorry to cut you short again I've just got so much. It's okay, dude. It's okay, dude. Go on. This is this is your this is your episode, yeah. not mine. But uh, but no. So what I was saying was that we being from India has hardened us so much to all these small things, which people get which people get easily offended by over here. We don't we don't give a fuck because we just don't care about those things so much, man. You know. Yeah. Like, like over here, like I give you like a stark comparison. Like in India, when you're crossing the street or you're walking. and you see someone you don't necessarily look at them and smile at them or nod or like or acknowledge their presence we don't mm-hmm. do that in india it's not, it's not a part of our culture but over here we do and if you don't if you don't do it to someone like if you see someone walk into the elevator and you are in the same elevator and you don't smile at them they get annoyed it's considered they, rude they yeah or they find you rude but back at home who the fuck has time to think about all this man <laughs> who gives a shit about that who gives a shit whether someone smiles at you in the elevator or not So I'm not saying whether it's good or bad, but it just makes us hardened people. We just we just have lesser fucks to give as a whole. So that gives us a one up over here a lot of times because the ability for us to hustle and get shit done when shit is really going through the roof, like right now during COVID and all that stuff too. Like at the workplace, like there were some some people of my team just like crumbled. Like they were so shit scared. They just had it home. You can't yeah, I had people in we, my team do that as well. Yeah, and you can't do that, man, because we are responsible. We are working in a team. We are we are responsible for a certain number of guests, and you have to feed them. And you can't just be like, "Oh no, I'm too scared." Like, no. But then I didn't give a shit about it. I didn't care. And mm-hmm. Whatever. I I did the I did all the. Uh, I mean, I followed all the protocols and the procedures of keeping so, myself so and so my for, team. For the people, so the, for the people who don't know. um sachin works in what i like to call the lamborghini of uh retirement homes yeah. like you have the, the senior living senior living that's yeah. that's the the right the right term to use so it's like the lamborghini of senior living essentially it's like a really five star yeah. resort for seniors so as yeah. young people who, who go there are filthy rich who have got yeah. a lot of And inheritance Yeah, it's a one-off. It's independent living, so it's a new concept that our company brought together, mm-hmm. which is basically for people who have retired, but they don't like over here. The families go away, right? Like your kids are gone away; they're living in some different part of the world altogether sometimes. So you can you're still independent. You can still do whatever you want. Like you're not told how to live your life or do whatever. You can still enjoy your life, and you can enjoy your money and whatever. And at the same time, you get like. fucking amazing food and you get the best service you get amazing places to live at so it's yeah it's a different it's a one off 
thing on the general perspective and the general idea of what senior living is in the country our company is completely different from that it's as pretty cool but coming back to what you were saying about the people who didn't want to come during covid-19 yeah i mean yeah. these are seniors over here sure i understand that they're, they're the most at risk but at the same time this is your job you know they're dependent, I mean, they're dependent yeah. exactly yeah, their they, lives yeah they depended on us and at the, at the end of the day you're answerable to your company and you're you're responsible or like you're you owe that much to them man like you can't just be like oh no i'm going to get home no you mm-hmm. owe that to your company they have they they do whatever they can to take care of you at times when you need help and at times like this you can't just be like no fuck i'm not going to yeah which exactly. is what the culture is over here like everyone is so empowered like it's it's good to be empowered i feel but a lot of times i feel that empowerment is too much man There's too much empowerment. People are a little too. I need to be very careful with. They put themselves. They put themselves above everything, which is okay at a certain level. But you can't always do that. You can't always just put yourself above everything. Yeah, the entitlement aspect is is yeah, is yeah. there quite a bit. It's not to say that it was not there in India as well, but I see a lot of the entitlement over here as well, where people value their. value themselves more than the greater good i feel yeah yeah exactly and that's so for that's example the- yeah for so for example like um i've been working 3 days in the in the bank now yeah. everyone takes it everyone takes it uh in turns to screen people outside the bank so i'll take one hour shifts to go and screen people outside and you know ask them questions like have you been outside of the country in the past 14 days do you have any fever like symptoms or covid like symptoms yeah basically just stuff like that you know and uh, and and to be to be very honest a lot of people are very uh, they're they're very understanding of the situation but then you have this entirely other group of people who just like they don't give a sh- they do they like i've have i've heard conspiracy theories yeah 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 no I know exactly the kind of people you're talking about like they're like oh who the fuck are you to ask me these questions and shit like yeah. oh, this covid stuff is just a flu and you're like what is wrong with you man like they yeah. like those i put those people i put those people as in the same category as the flat earth society <laughs> exactly people in fucking stupid fuck who just live in their own bubble and don't care about anything else apart from themselves and and yeah. guys who drive big trucks sorry i got to add those guys yeah <laughs> the guys who drive big trucks because yeah, we all know what they're lacking in yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you you seen that guy outside my house who's got that massive fucking truck yeah yeah like you need definitely not you need a ladder to get in dude it's that it's that big <laughs> yeah, yeah it's insane but yeah so those all those kind of people belong in that same so community you know like people, the community of the flat earth society and the people who think yeah. that covid is a fucking flu and mm-hmm. people who think that bigger trucks are better they all belong in one what 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 amazes me about these people is the fact that they are so they're not it's it's ignorance to an extent but it's also selfishness to another um yeah i mean if they just for once took themselves out of their own head and their own shoes and put themselves in you know a, you know someone looking on like a fly on the wall and see the way they are behaving i mean you think about it from like at least if i was standing in front of someone at the bank you know who's asking me these questions who want like and i want to go in i would sort of understand that look you know like by me coming into the bank I'm, i can potentially be a carrier of the virus right yeah. 
I can transmit it to, I don't know, 10, 15 people in the branch when I go over there. Yeah. Right. There are, there is a reason why this guy is asking me the questions. And even if I didn't believe that this COVID-19 is, you know, yeah. if I, if I, even if I thought that COVID-19 is, is not as bad as people are making it out to be, I would still, I would still respect, yeah, you know, I would still respect the, the, the bank's decision to do this because ultimately they want to keep you safe. They want to keep their staff safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, Sigmund Freud to think of, to think about these things. You know, this is just a matter of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding where they come from their perspective. Looking at the, looking at the larger picture, right? The bigger picture, right? Yeah. Like I've had, like, I, you know, I honestly dread doing these, like these one hour screening times because like, I mean, it's I not, I, I, it's not, I don't know. I don't care so much about my own life because I've been doing this for like, I've been doing this since I've actually been going back that I actually went back to a traditional branch to work because they needed the staff yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what bothers me the most is having to meet people like that and have to deal with them and talk to them because more often than not, if you meet someone like that, chances are you're not going to have a very good time. You're not going to be able to convince them otherwise. Right. So yeah, definitely. You're, you're fighting. Yeah, exactly. So you're fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Or talking to a wall. Exactly. I, yeah. I completely, I feel you, man. I, I get what you're saying, but then that, that's just how the world is, man. That's just the world that we live in today. And that's just the kind of like, yeah. And it's not exclusive to the West. It's not exclusive to the West. You you do see a lot of this over here. It's yeah. Those come in all shapes, colors, sizes. Well, there are a lot of people who actually are still, who are really nice about it and are very understanding. Like I've had people give me. Yeah. That that you are doing that to not only keep them, but also keep others safe because they could be in someone else's position. Right. Like, Exactly. If they're coming to a bank, they're coming because they actually need to. Because I'm sure more, everyone knows that they can online bank and they can tell. Oh, but you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many people just straight up don't want to use online banking. Like it's, it's the older folk, though. Let me. I'll, I'll be clear. It's the older folk. It's the people who are I mean, like yeah, maybe fifty-five years yeah. and older. Yeah, yeah. Because because they've lived a, they've lived their whole life where they've been using passbooks and they've been using checkbooks. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I like I. The other day, the other day, I went to like this older community in Vancouver, and I went into a grocery store to buy something, and they still had a they still had a sign up there saying no checks, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, they they said they had a, we don't we, sorry we do not accept checks anymore, and I was like, when the fuck did you guys accept checks? Anyways, like why would anybody <laughs> buy like a magazine or like a packet of cigarettes with like a check, man? But that's just how it was over here. It was in the olden days or in the yesterday days, you know? That, that is, that is pretty <laughs> crazy, dude. <laughs> I would never expect that. Yeah, the boomers, the whole generation of boomers, like they are very hesitant to adapt to what us millennials have made the world into today. But yeah. that's just the ongoing process. It's a natural process. It's going to happen. It's going to change. People are Do you think we will be like that as well? Do you think that like when we grow old, we be like how the boomers yeah. are today? Yeah, but in different ways. Like we won't be backward with technology, but mm-hmm. I think we like we have certain thoughts right now, and we grow up with certain values and certain uh, uh, strongholds, morals. right, in life. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, morals and principles that we follow. 
and the way the world is going right now like our kids or whatever are going to be a different generation altogether like they're going to be a different breed they're going to think differently and i definitely think that there are going there are going to be times when our opinions clash and when uh we don't see their principles the way they see ours or vice versa but then i don't know we I think that's just the fact of that's just the fact of life probably yeah that's how it is right like you have like like generation gap that's exactly what generation gap is like our parents not understanding us or not understanding why we want to do certain things or certain ways because they don't they don't do things that way or they don't see things that way. yeah but i yeah but i think this but i think this issue about seniors not adapting to the technology the era right now like we are in amidst the technological era and the boomers don't want to adapt to it cuz they just cuz cuz at least to be heard dude in the west or in north america like uh, so the boomers when they were in their prime was just after the world wars right mm-hmm. and and at that point that's when america and north america really fucking grew and really boomed right because they had so much money coming in from arms and ammunition and stuff like that like the whole industrial revolution happened at that point so they they've seen a different life and they've seen different struggles different battles so that kind of stuck with them and they they feel that they've kind of done it all like if they can live through all of that and make what america is today or like you know whatever be a part of what america is today then everything else is chicken shit that's kind of what i get from them like that that it's the blatant arrogance that you know that they have made what america is today or what north america is which is true to certain points they have like mm-hmm. all the infra that we are enjoying right now was put together like 40 years ago or 50 years ago like it was true. all conceived back then and all this that we are living in right now is a mm-hmm. is a product or the brainchild of the people 40 or 50 years ago because it obviously took time to get to where we are today right yeah but it doesn't give them the, it doesn't give them the right to to outwardly reject um something what the younger generation are doing yeah, definitely exactly. i'm not saying they're right at all i'm i'm not saying they're right at all but then it just the arrogance is naturally comes in man i think i think it's the same i mean you look at it these days with with let's say music let's say with music for example like how music changes right yeah yeah so like i mean when i listen to music at least the music these days i don't like it dude like majority it's not that i don't like all of it i like certain types of music which are still being released but majority of the music that are there in the top in the top 40 or whatever i don't listen to them i think people have forgotten what music actually is and what music should be and what music stands for yeah you know like this i think the whole i think the whole come around of edm has ruined so much man because like hip hop and rap sorry i just kicked my table okay. but um like hip hop and rap got is is pretty much ruined because of edm coming around cuz edm became so popular with all those festivals and the amount of money it generates just as a genre like the artists that want to get into it, all the dj's and all the companies that want to sponsor edm artists now just because edm in itself apart from just being a genre of music has now become a fucking industry of music and there's so much money involved in that that every other genre or every other industry or like country or rock and roll or hip hop or rap or whatever they're all being sucked into it because they also have to make money right they have to live correct so they are all adapting and like i see the music like 
like the rap and the hip hop that we heard when we were kids or the pop culture very very different heard. from what we yeah, have and, today and now now it's all the same like now it's all got bits and it's all electronic first of all and it's all got bits and pieces of how edm music is or how like the dance music is or what like music that should play in clubs and music that people should like vibe with or whatever you know like it should be lit and all that shit but that that's that's what it is and everyone is so focused on just making money and kind of like hitting the arrow right in the in the in the bullseye you know basically like mm-hmm. they're trying to rake in on all the money that's in there right now because everything mm-hmm. is just become a money making business i don't think many people are being able to survive I, there are i i definitely know there are people in the music industry who want to do stuff to stay true to what music actually meant to them and what music means to many of us mm-hmm. but this onset of edm and like all the pop culture music that's happening nowadays is this is making so much money that everyone is dying out because that's where all the money is getting concentrated to yeah i mean you look at all the like rock is virtually dead yeah i mean no one I've, does rock anymore yeah no one does rock anymore dude like i mean when i ever there was a time when coldplay made a whole different kind of music right and yeah. you like their sound back like 10 years ago and their sound today i mean it's still on the same page but look at what it is like they have to they have to cater to the public right they have to cater mm-hmm. to the people and people's choices are changing and then the artists have to mold to suit those choices because they got to fucking earn their bread and butter at the end of the day i mean there are certain songs which i still which 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 i like which are brand new like the weekends new album it's actually really good but then yeah. again the weekend is someone who very has good. a lot of the, yeah, yeah the sounds are very retro yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it it's is got a lot of the 80s of the vibe music so yeah it has a different vibe and that's mm-hmm. why it's doing well i guess i don't know but mm-hmm. well, a lot of yeah man know, honestly like drake for example drake uh, you probably like drake i i think you like drake i i yeah i did like drake i learned some things about him very recently really and i don't like him anymore yeah i probably most people knew this i didn't know this about him but but most of his songs are all like ghost written really i yeah. never knew this and just, yeah most people apparently know this like when i came to know and i was shocked and everyone was like oh what the fuck like do you live under a rock how do you not know this <laughs> i didn't know it either so that's any consolation for you i don't know i know one more person who didn't know this but <laughs> yeah apparently most of the songs and all the songs that i liked of his were all ghost written so that person doesn't hold any meaning for me anymore man cuz like what yeah, he's saying is coming out from him so then why should i give a fuck about drake i like the music i like the lyrics but then drake is no part of it anymore yeah that's the, i i never knew that dude i mean because like the he's so he's so iconic in today's in today's world right like you see drake is he's everywhere like his music is everywhere yeah, is. that hotline yeah. bling song was like yeah like you would hear it like so much you just want to like you'd want to strangle yourself like it was that it was that <laughs> popular but i mean yeah dude, i never knew that i mean, i see a lot of these a lot of these new artists they they have like maybe three four writers for their songs you know and a lot of the lyrics yeah. are really trashy i don't know like i'm maybe yeah. i'm just being old <laughs> but no, the lyrics i find to be really trashy yeah yeah no i feel i feel if the 16 and 17 year olds of today who hear those songs uh kind of knew what we were talking about they would agree with us right now they don't know any better this yeah. is the music that they have been listening to this is the music that they 
when they've come into their teens and this is what is playing around and so for them this is music man most people yeah. don't know the music that we are talking about mm-hmm. or most people don't know about the artists that we're talking about because mm-hmm. this is all that playing now this this is all that's out there on the radios in the clubs in the restaurants this is all that's playing so for them this is all that exists I didn't mention this but you actually have a, a a background at least your family has a background in in theater and in uh, uh, cinema, yeah, cinema and movies and yeah. stuff like that right so you know where what are you talking about when you when you say these things really like your dad is a director yeah right? my, a, yeah uh, my dad my granddad my dad's actually both my grandparents were in the film industry and the music industry my dad is in the film industry um uh, some of my dad's cousins my mom's cousins yeah so there's like it's all over the place but yeah my family is got a strong lineage with cinema and performing so what made you what made you want to become a chef then i should have asked um, this in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, honestly like when i look back it was at that point dude honestly like it was my parents kind of always pushed they they felt that hospitality was a good industry and a booming industry because they obviously looked at uh, looked at a industry or they obviously felt that industry that would be supportive for me right always like i always have a way to make money because because they being from the cinema and bollywood and stuff like that like that's not always guaranteed like my dad didn't never always have like a guaranteed paycheck coming in every fucking month and he never wanted that answer. he he knew what that uncertainty felt like like if he has a project he's making money no, for 6 months and then the rest of the year he's not because he's probably working on a new project and that project is going to take off next year or whatever you know so there wasn't any certainty that every month this much money is coming in and that that security is very important to a lot of people and it is is true man like you you can plan your life so much way better and you feel so much more secure if you know that okay no matter what this much money is definitely coming in you know so they they all they always initially felt that hospitality was a very good industry and secondly in india with the population growing and no matter what happens dude like recession or no recession or whatever people have to fucking eat or people have right. to fucking go or vacation or live in hotels or whatever so this industry never really gets a, never really gets hit that bad even though covid like even now with like how covid came around it will bounce back lot of lot of yeah lot of restaurants went under and that's horrible i feel really bad about that but a lot of them fucking stuck in there man and mm-hmm. they did take out they did whatever they had to and they they still made money and they've come back now you know whereas so many other industries are like they haven't even come back yet like airlines and stuff like that i don't know if they're ever going to come back the way they were yeah so my parents always felt hospitality was a good industry for me to get into and then i got into ihm and as a side as a side studying about food and learning about food i learned how to cook in ihm man i didn't know shit before i joined ihm I did really? not. I thought making pasta and cheese sauce was putting pasta in water, boiling it, <laughs> adding cheese, adding salt, adding salt and pepper. <laughs> That's how I thought you made pasta, right? When I was a kid, or when, or like before, before I joined IHM. So I learned everything I know today, and everything that I am is through my learning and working experience. So I fell in love with what I do gradually. It wasn't like I. there are some people who always been in love with baking or there have been some people who always been in love with cooking or whatever i am not one of those my love for this thing and the passion for it grew as i went along with it you know like through college and then 
it really grew massively when I went to Dubai and I trained with Jumeirah through college. And uh, that's when I got like my first proper industrial exposure to what this industry is all about and kitchens and food and all that stuff. You know, that, that was my first peep into this whole it, world. It, it didn't intimidate and, you, did it? Because I mean, at least when I was, so when I was training, I did my training at the height. And yeah. I was in, I was into kitchen before all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before I joined front office and stuff. Uh, so, and when I, when I worked in the kitchen and I found out the way the environment was in terms of the work hours and the, you know, just how dirty and sweaty it got and you're handling food all day. And at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to eat food. You don't want to look at food uh, ever again. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's that, a didn't, that didn't scare you or intimidate you at all? Not really. Because two parts because I kind of knew what I signed up for already like mm-hmm. you know I knew I signed up for this so I'm like okay I'm just gonna suck it up and go through with it because I I did start enjoying it a lot like I've always been a foodie more than a chef and food is a lot like almost on an everyday basis food is at a lot of times the high point of my day you know like if I know I'm gonna eat something fucking fantastic I go through all the shit in the day and yeah. I'm like okay yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like that as well <laughs> So everything is worth it at the end. If I'm gonna go and eat something awesome, if like if I'm gonna go to churches with you, I'm like, okay, man, fuck it. Like you know, I'm gonna eat churches later. <laughs> you know, so so love my love for food has always been there, but my love for cooking food and my passion for cooking food kind of grew as I started learning about it, and I learned about how technical it is and the science behind cooking and what separates you from just being a household cook to being a chef. You know, like all those things really fascinated me. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and like every day, I'm falling in love more and more with it. That's awesome, dude! It's a, it's a, it, so when I joined the finance industry initially, I'm much like you. Like I never had any experience in finance, like zilch, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I started finding, looking at looking at things that I actually liked in the industry. So for me, it was investing and the art of investing and the science behind it as well. You know, and yeah. you know when you look at all of these different stats and the graphs and the quarterly reports and stuff, and you actually piece together your story as to, you know, whether company A is going to be doing well or is it going to be doing poorly in the future, and, you know, in deciding whether or not to invest. I find that really interesting. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's if I, if I were to be honest with you and say like, am I truly passionate about it? No, not really. But at the same time, uh, you know. I, I enjoy it, you know, and that's, and that's, I think that's, that's so important when you're actually working and even if you're not passionate. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not doing it out of like, you know, uh, I need to do this because I need to get paid. It's it's not just a way to like pay your bills, you know, it's just not. Exactly. You need to find enjoyment in whatever you're doing, right? Even if it's like a shitty job, you know, there have to be certain elements that, that keep you motivated enough to go to work the next day because you know if you're doing a yeah. good job you're doing because you, you can get, get fucking mundane and it can get so mundane yeah. and it can get so like uh just boring at times you know you're just like oh shit i gotta do the same the same stuff you know but luckily with where i work right now like we're doing different things every day because our menus change almost every day and our alakant is changing every month so there's always there's always something new to do you know so mm-hmm. that that's very important yeah. So I've been following your your growth with RBC, and I've seen that you move from a 
from corporate to like branch and then now you're working in the in education sector and you were already given the opportunity to like do your own thing like you really came into your own i think at langara that's when you really came into your own you really uh, got a chance to explore yourself and your job yeah exactly it was a very offbeat role and and you know coming back to what we were initially talking about in regards to um, jobs over here in canada what i like about it is the fact that you know if you're hired for let's say role a and you know while you maybe be okay at role a they see that you'd be probably better at role b they won't they won't have any qualms in saying you know these are your skills this is what you're good at you know yeah. maybe this would not be a, a, a right choice for you and that's exactly what happened to me and that's how i got to move to where i'm working currently yeah. well not now because of covid but um i got to work at the college which was something that i thought was really cool it was a concept which was new it was fresh it was a completely different take on the way yeah. you know banking works i don't want to get too much into the specifics of the job right now because it's like it'll take forever to explain but um it, you know short story is that it's a really it's a it's very different from a traditional banking role as an account manager it's more of an education yeah. and we're teaching students essentially you know so it's no and plus something that you also have a role in the whole marketing of your branch yeah. in the college like you know what you'll do there and exactly. it's more than just is more than just like you know turning some papers and approving loans and giving people money and teaching them how to bank it's, yeah. it's i i think to you it's more uh, it's more meaningful it's, uh, yeah it's more interactive it's more hands on like you're in there you know and you're not mm-hmm. just a clog in the whole machine just like doing its part exactly like you're you're kind of in there and you're 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 actually every 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 decision you make and everything you do kind of changes and shapes the future of what that thing can be exactly which is which so is it's a pilot project right for for us yeah. so, so it's 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 very it's very interesting being on the forefront about it uh, of of something like this and that's what i was saying earlier you know like that's what i like about the opportunities which you are given in this country um yeah. it's not to say that you know in, in india the opportunities are terrible it's just that over here it's so much better and people are willing to look to your skills and and you know pick out the right skills which you have and you know accordingly yeah. put you in a role or move you across to something which is better suited for your skills so that is something that i it's it's also the mentality of people over here is so much different it's it's it more goes open. back to a lot of things yeah yeah in the grassroots levels it goes back to a lot of things about why the culture over here is so different from the culture back at home there's so many factors that influence it and i'm not on talking about work culture work culture definitely but yeah like coming like talking about the work culture is just the mentality of people is so much more uh, open comforting so much more yeah. open yeah exactly so much more open like you are given an opportunity like i've seen people working like with me at 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 park right now when i'm working i've seen a person who was working at the front desk like in the reception and then but she was really good with like uh, with the it sector also and then she worked there for some years and now she's doing she's working in the it department of the hotel which is completely different from what she was originally doing mm-hmm. like she was in reception at the front desk and then because she realized that or or she or her superiors other realized that she's good with it also and she's good with uh, that sector also and they could probably use her more over there she she got a chance to move there and she moved up laterally 
and she moved up like with money and everything you know so it's just mm-hmm. this works so much more differently over here man but back in india it's just you're doing that and you're going to be stuck doing that for the rest of your life unless you don't do something about it yeah you uh, need to really hustle you need to really hustle in india you know things yeah. things don't really just fall into your lap over there you know i mean so that things fall into your lap over here but yeah. you know yeah but like the opportunities kind of present itself you know exactly. over here there are there are so many things that open up and there's so much more you can do mm-hmm. cuz just cause the people's mindset is open not because of anything else that's the main difference that people's mindsets are different and it just that itself creates so many more opportunities and so many more end results you know it's like a whole chain reaction yeah it's the support system which you have over here from your employer right i mean i i would like to have my own business at some point in time honestly um because who doesn't want to be their own boss right so yeah yeah, um, yeah. you 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 want to open up your own restaurant over here in 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 bangalore yeah. when do you want to see this come to fruition i should say um as soon as possible you know that's that's what i would say but then i realize there are certain challenges along the way to that and i'm currently working on finding my way around it or finding my way over it you know like whatever i can i don't want to go through everything that i have to go through because it's not important like if there are some things that i can bypass or there are something i can skip i'll definitely do that but how different is it from india that, huh how different is it from india like you had you had a restaurant in india right so like how is the so as a business the business is pretty much the same but then when it comes to uh, your uh, your prospects or when it comes to what you can do with your business is as different as how different canada and india is you know cuz mm-hmm. the people is what matter like it's a people oriented business it's a service oriented business so um the the clientele that is over here is so much more uh, experimental in their whole mindset you know like they're not they're not very just they're not close minded when it comes to food like they're so much more experimental they'll always give you a chance to do what you want to do and they'll always give you a chance to say or create whatever you want on the plate and they'll give you a shot but they don't like it too bad but if they like it you're fucking done man you made you made it for life so the opportunity that you get over here is is very big because in india the competition is so much with restaurants there's so many restaurants every and they're all doing the same thing but then um uh, there's people don't want to experiment with stuff they all want to eat the same fucking food they want to eat the same style of thing like if you do something slightly different from what they're used to doing there i mean if you do something slightly different from what they're used to seeing or getting they won't take it unless you're a michelin star restaurant because then because then you get the benefit of doubt or oh, this guy's got a michelin star he's definitely smarter than me what the fuck do i know even if the food looks like shit or tastes like shit it's still good true but true. if you're nobody if you're someone who's not established or someone who doesn't have a name and you're trying to do something different if people don't understand it then that's the end of it like, they will not even like they because they don't want to look beyond that or they don't want to look beyond their own uh prejudices or their own perceptions about biases. things mm-hmm. yeah biases about things but over here people are like so much more experimental and they yeah. give you an opportunity to do what you want so on those levels the business is very different but then on the grassroots and the the core levels is the same business man it's opening a restaurant it's, it's the same thing mm-hmm. <coughs> but yeah the government standards over here that 
Yeah, I mean the regulations are the regulations are pretty different, of course. I can. Much better, yeah. They're different. They're harder, but they're much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sachin, thanks so much, bro, for coming on. Uh, it's, no, it's always a pleasure. It's always a it's it's a it's always a pleasure catching you and talking with you and hanging with you and stuff like that. So hopefully, thank you. I'll see you. I'll see you next week, most probably. And uh, hopefully, yeah. I'll see Zenia soon as well. Yeah, you can. I, I guess I'm the only guest on your episode till now that you can say let's hang soon. Yeah, the same good. time zone. I need to get. I need to get more Canadians. I need to get more Canadians on. <laughs> I don't. Let's see. I, yeah, have, I have a few. Yeah, Z will be out of line. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right, bro. Take care. See you soon. You too. Peace. Yeah.